The following program is intended for mature audiences. Welcome to Rudy's Revelation, finding revelation in the news and meaning in media. It's October 18th, 2020, 17 days of the U.S. presidential election. Today I'll be talking back to the Sunday Talking Heads on CBS Face the Nation, the retired Admiral Mike Rogers, the former director of the NSA and the head of the U.S. Cyber Command says Russians are engaged in a disinformation campaign. And host Maggie Brennan speculates about the Biden emails. We'll also be checking in on Sunday Morning Propaganda at our favorite feel-good feature news program, CBS Sunday Morning, where they ran segments softening Black Lives Matter. And on the terror of climate change with correspondent David Pogue, who talks with so-called experts about whether we can be optimistic and John Dickerson of 60 Minutes reflects on the uncertainty of political polling. We'll be tearing into the Sunday New York Times, showing how the newspaper continually mischaracterizes the facts to mislead the public. And of course, I'll be going over the weekend headlines all in the next 30 minutes. But first, I'll be taking you back to school, giving you some historical context to frame this week's news narratives. fascism tendency towards or actual exercise of strong autocratic or dictatorial control yes because fascism is often used as a political philosophy movement or regime such as that of the fascista that exalts nation often race over the individual and that stands for a centralized autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader well We're not here to talk about fascism. We're talking about a tendency toward an actual exercise of strong autocratic or dictatorial rule. The reason I bring this up is the reason being the fascists. Now, if people don't know what the fascist is, the word fascist means bundle, and it refers to basically a bundle of birch rods that are used for corporal punishment. You see, the fascists and fascism... But the fascist is a representation of authoritarianism. And unlike communism, which is a centralized authoritarianism, is the fascist represents a decentralized authoritarianism with all the pillars or rods of authority being wielded in unison. See, the fascist was a bundle of birch rods with an axe in the middle, and that represented capital punishment and the state. So decentralized authoritarianism with each rod of corporal punishment and the axe of capital punishment all acting in concert 
to wield authoritarianism. Now, Wikipedia has the fascists as a bound bundle of wooden rods, sometimes including an axe with its blade emergent. The fascists had its origin in the uh, Etruscan civilization, Etruscan civilization, and was passed on to ancient Rome where it symbolized the magistrate's power and jurisdiction. So what we're trying to illustrate here is the difference between centralized and decentralized authoritarianism. I want to go right on to uh, the book or the reading suggestion of the day. Less than 3% of you people read books. Was a book by Manny Johnson, Color, Communism, and Common Sense, which was published in 1958. Now, Manny, Manny Johnson is a, uh, a black man who was involved in uh, communism and got out of that and wrote this book. And I'm going to let Edward G. Griffin kind of explain. As early as 1928, the communists declared that the racial differences among our people constituted the weakest and most vulnerable point in our social fabric. By constantly probing and straining at this one spot, they calculated that eventually the cloth could be torn apart and that Americans could be divided, weakened, and perhaps even set against each other in open combat. We mustn't kid ourselves into thinking that the communists have placed their... Now going right along, um, to describe this book, Color, Communism, and Common Sense, was first released in 1958, written by Manny, uh, Manny Johnson, who spent 10 years in the U.S. Communist Party because he believed the Red Party would help improve his conditions for black people. When he finally came to realize the opposite was true, he rejected communism. And we'll go right into the news. In the Wall Street Journal, S Senator Dumpty of Wonderland votes nay on Amy Coney Barrett. Democrats threaten to pack the Supreme Court, then pretend not to know what the phrase means. So article by Jared Baker from the 12th, and his lead goes on like this. Somewhere in a hermetically sealed, surgically clean corner of the Democratic campaign war room, the message gnomes have been working overtime to come up with some clever verbal formulation to defend the in indefensible. The plan by leading Democrats to pack the Supreme Court by adding justices until it rubber stamps everything the executive branch authorizes and the legislator passes while under Democratic control is self-evidently a greater threat to the principles of Republican government than anything Donald Trump has imagined. So the search has begun for a way to rationalize it. This is from the Washington Post. Fake Twitter accounts posing as black Trump supporters appear, reach thousands, and then vanish. Now this is something people should be wary about, this very article from the Washington Post. An account featuring the image of a black police officer, President Donald Trump, and the words vote Republican, had a brief but spectacular run on Twitter. In six days after it became active last week, it tweeted just eight times but garnered 24,000 followers, with its most popular tweet being liked 75,000 times. You know, there are plenty of uh, black Trump supporters out there. 
if you care to look. So we, uh, they don't really need fake Twitter accounts. Who knows who set these up? We'll move right along. The, the San Diego uh, Union Tri Tribune, San Diego Zoo scientists revive cells from 40-year-old deep freeze to clone endangered horse. So you know what... Um, We don't have to really read into this article to understand. You know this what this portends. Um, if they're unfreezing cells and cloning, uh, in this case, horses, that uh, human trials are on the horizon. From the Chronicle, unmasking probe commissioned by Barr quietly concludes without charges or any public report. Again from the Washington Post, Matt Sapotsky and Shane Harris. So these guys go in to say that there is no substantive evidence of wrongdoing in the Obama, even though the Obama administration spied in an opposition campaign and Hillary Clinton destroyed subpoenaed evidence. But there's nothing to see here. And of course, everybody's been talking about the New York Post article, Ukrainian exec thanked Hunter Biden for opportunity to meet Veep Dad in these recently released emails that are said to be from Hunter Biden's own laptop that was left at a repair shop. For Market Watch, Washington Post again says, investigation of U.S. Attorney John Bash ends with no charges, no evidence of serious wrongdoing. From Barron's Magazine, governments use pandemic to crack down on online dissent. Governments around the world are using the pandemic as a justification to expand surveillance and crack down on dissent online, resulting in the 10th consecutive annual decline in Internet freedom, a human rights watchdog report says. This is from Bloomberg News. Hot, Bloomberg News. Hot winds sweep California and PG&E cuts power to avoid fires. Hate to be living in California. From MSN, this is from the Los Angeles Times, meet LA's firefighting robot. RS3 can battle flames too dangerous for humans. From the New York Post, the Netherlands considering allowing euthanasia for terminally ill children under 12. From the New York Times, YouTube cracks down on Q and QAnon conspiracy theory, citing offline violence. Now, this is one I haven't heard. YouTube has played a bigger role in moving QAnon from the fringes to the mainstream than most platforms. And this is an article by Kevin Ruse. <laughs> I can't get over these people's name. Kevin Ruse, really? This is published on the 15th. You, the lead goes on as YouTube on Thursday became the latest social media giant to take steps to stop QAnon, the sprawling pro-Trump conspiracy theory community whose online fantasies about a cabal of satanic pedophiler, pedophiles running the world have spilled over into offline violence. So I'm not really sure... Um, where the violence is linked to violence and vandalism. Compared it, Facebook compared it to a militarized social movement that has becoming increasingly violence 
This week, several smaller platforms, including Pinterest, Etsy, and Triller, also announced restrictions on QAnon content. So there you go with online dissent is being cracked down on. Content that threatens or harasses someone by suggesting they are complicit. So I'm not going to read too much. I'm not a big follower of QAnon. But um, I didn't see any reports of violence. And so I'd like to see those reports. uh, But we're not going to go searching through the article for it. Oh, this is a big story of last week. Uh, Nine News crew didn't know security guard who shot demonstrator was armed. So, and then they have a picture here of this guy who was getting pepper sprayed from 12 feet away, uh, goes, goes ahead and shot the guy. So the guy's using a non-lethal weapon and he gets killed with the obviously lethal weapon. Um, terrible tragedy. And, and if you looked at the video, you could see that uh, this uh, demonstrator uh, pushed the camera away and said, get that camera out of my face. And that's what triggered apparently this guy who was acting as a security guard to pull his weapon. And while he pulled his weapon, the guy sprayed his pepper spray. And so the guy shot him. So where's the outrage about that? I mean, this guy didn't deserve to be killed. He wasn't threatening anybody with lethal force and he gets killed from the wall street journal china warns us it may detain americans in response to prosecutions of chinese scholars blunt message suggests u.s nationals in china at risk of becoming hostages in chinese diplomatic tactic from the hill Trump digs in on conspiracy theory over bin Laden raid. So if people don't know, there's this QAnon thing going on that during the bin Laden raid, that it wasn't actually bin Laden who was killed. It was a body double or it was someone else. Um, Whether it was a body double, we don't know. We don't know who it was, but I'm still a firm believer that uh, Osama bin Laden died of liver failure some time ago. And it seems like a strange coincidence that most of that SEAL team died um, in Afghanistan uh, when their helicopter was shot down. And uh, the few surviving members of that SEAL team were arguing back and forth um, who should take credit. With fewer COVID-19 restrictions, South's economy outperforms the nation. And there's just a little... Tidbit there from the Wall Street Journal uh, in an article by Sarah Cheney and Kim Mackerel. Uh, the lead goes on to say, when the coronavirus cases began surging across the South in this summer, the same economic, the region seemed destined for the same economic setback the Northeast suffered during the spring. But by the end of the summer, the South's economy remains largely, largely unscathed. From the wave of infections, its unemployment rate had fallen to 6.9%, the lowest of any region in August. So we're going to tear right into the New York Times. (laughs) A Korean store owner and a black employee, a tense neighborhood. At a Chicago beauty shop, one American dream has come true, another is still waiting a chance. Um, This was published in the newspaper, that's why I picked it up as... um, 
black customers, black products, uh, black workers, uh, the owners aren't black or whatever. Uh, Michael Corkery wrote this article on the 15th, and it basically shows how during the riots, uh, uh, black folks descended on this um, shop wanting to get inside, and uh, they couldn't get in, but they were spared because the black worker um, told the Korean store owner to get out of there. And so the whole argument uh, argues the rationale. Why aren't there more black store owners? Uh, that's a question for black people in the community. Um, you can get a loan and you can start your own business or save up your money and start your own business. It's not like business ownerships aren't dealt out. Like the government doesn't go. It happens in some countries that they give out licenses to people to go ahead and start your business. I mean, you need capital to do it. And if you don't have any collateral or you don't have money on your own, it's unlikely. Um, and then you have to have a business plan and present it to the bank for the loan. So Sasha Baron Cohen, this time he's serious, reviving his Borat character and playing a, the political activist, Abby Hoffman, the actor feels... He had to ring the alarm bell and say that democracy is in peril this year. And if anybody hasn't been following uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, you know, he posed as a right wing uh, music band at a, uh, a conservative festival and started singing racist lyrics and stuff. And the organizers had to chase him away. Uh, this guy is unscrupulous and, you know, he's doing the uh, the bidding of the ADL and of the left. Um, it's, it's just, it's just, a, he's a disturbing character and everybody has a right to their political opinion. And the reason we brought, we came in with the fascists and talking about fascism is because fascism is an authoritarian, is a right wing authoritarian policy because Right wing means individualism and left wing means socialism. And you have to put those things together. So on the left, you're going to have a deferment to the group. And on the right, you're going to have a deferment to the individual. So the reason I bring that up here is because you have to be able to defer to the individual. And that's the way this country was founded. So the individual has right to their own opinions and their own political philosophy. And that's why individualists believe into a, a conservative uh, philosophy. They don't want to be taxed a lot and they want smaller government because they want to rely on themselves. And people that can't rely on themselves rely more on the group or a centralized uh, authority. So this guy's up to no good. I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious he's up to no good. I'm not a fan. I liked Borat. I think it was funny. It was it was pretty non-political, um, but it was mocking. You know, it mocked people of, of Eastern Europe uh, in a sense, but I'm okay with that. You know, it was funny at the time, but him posing as a, a, a racist at a conservative event and start spewing racist lyrics. And you know why he has to do that is because they can't find racists. They can't find racists singing songs. They can't find these, 
you know, I've heard so much about the Ku Klux Klan and white supremacy and where are all these rallies and, all right, where are these great journalists that uncover them? There have been decreasing, decreasing numbers of fervent uh, white supremacists, as you call them, but uh, they keep on making a bigger, bigger deal of it as the numbers uh, of these uh, bigoted groups uh, decline. Suspects uh, stalked French uh, school before beheading teachers. Um, the suspect, a Russian immigrant, was angered by a classroom display of caricatures of the Prophet Muhammad and sought to help identify the teacher. You know, just to say, this was an Islamic attack. Uh, this guy was an Islamic extremist. He was a Chechen. You know, when the, the Sarzanev brothers, the Boston bombers, uh, they were treated like Islamic terrorists. And this guy of Chechen des, uh, descent, uh, Abdullah A. They didn't even give his, his, his full names. All right, this, this guy is a Muslim, and this was obviously a Muslim-inspired attack because the teacher was talking about Charlie Hebdo and, and uh, caricatures of Muhammad. But in the New York Times article, um, they refer to him as, a Chech, as someone of Chechen descent. They don't even go to give his full name, and they don't bring up Islamic extremism anywhere in the article. So we're getting into the Sunday Review here, and the whole Sunday Review, and this is by the editorial board, um, the Sunday Review is basically op-eds and, um, and opinion pieces. But this whole section is all about Trump, and from the editorial board, a man unworthy of the office he holds. And then his apologetic corruption by Michelle Cottle. And then his demagogy. And then we're going to get into the third. You know, it goes on and on. His incompetent statesmanship, his super spreader agenda. But we're going to get into the one here, uh, his fake populism. Trump was a mobster. An economy in tatters, the nation adrift, immigration halted, black lives at risk, a planet in peril, women's rights under attack, all from Donald Trump. Um, I mean, it's just ridiculous, but we're going to go into one here, the one by Farrah Stockman. The Trump presidency has been a, such a five-alarm fire as her lead goes, people are understandably consumed with trying to put out the flames or simply survive it. But there will come a day, hopefully, in the not-too-distant future when people have a breathing room to investigate how the fire got started. It's tempting to heap scorn and blame on President Trump's millions of enthusiastic supporters. Without their adoration, he wouldn't have been able to do the damage he has done. I don't know what kind of damage she's talking about. Um, it's a trade war with China, and the, the country, most of the people that voted for Trump, wanted economic nationalism. So they wanted to stop sending the jobs abroad and stopped undermining uh, American manufacturing. Calling large swaths of the American electorate deplorables, 
turns out to be an ineffective way to gain their backing. So she's going to try to get try to get Trump supporters here. The mess the 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 mess the nation is facing is bigger than Donald Trump. If he is voted out, if he is voted out in November, the people who cast ballots for him will remain pining for the policies he promoted. About 40% of American voters want tariffs and a border wall. Exactly, we want tariffs on China. And we do want a border wall because we want people to come in here legally. And the main reason is, folks, is because you cannot grant amnesty to the people that are here without securing the southern border because if you grant amnesty, that'll just be an invitation and an incentive for more people to come. And when you have a safety net and welfare programs and schools, you can't supply that for free for people that come in from all over the country. And it isn't fair for people that come in the legal way. I mean, to me, that's the most, uh, that's the biggest reason. All right, we're going to go right over to um, the Sunday Talking Heads here. And let's uh, look in on Admiral Michael Rogers, who um, Maggie Brennan tries to get him to talk about uh, how the Russians are interfering. So let's just be calm. Let's participate. Let's do it peacefully without violence. Let's let this system play out, just as it has for almost two and a half centuries. No. Um, I want to get to your uh, old line of work and your expertise on the intelligence front, because we know U.S. intelligence says that right now Russia is trying to basically manipulate the public, (laughs) spread disinformation, specifically to hurt the Democratic candidate. Can Russia at this point actually change the outcome of the election by altering votes? Have that capability. So, do they have capability? Is it likely? No. The Russians are coming. The Russians are coming. We haven't seen anything to date that would suggest that we're. I don't think you're seeing that same level of activity. Rather, I think what you're watching the Russians do is really double down on the idea of using disinformation via social media and other paths. To attempt to pull, continue to polarize our nation, to incite violence, to incite hatred, and to attempt to pull us apart. You know, there's been a lot of speculation that this week, um, some of the information about Joe Biden's son Hunter that is circulated in uh, tabloid in the New York Post may be the result of a, a hack and dump operation. This is speculation at this point. This is speculation at this point that it could have come from Russian military uh, hacking of a Ukrainian gas company. This is speculation at this point. Where Hunter Biden served. Do you see any justification for that speculation? This is speculation at this point. Let's let it play out. Let's investigate it. Let's get some factual evidence. Let's get the metadata. And let's see if this is accurate or not. It's being compared to the hack and dump operation that happened, as you know, back in 2016. A lot of um, uh, Democrats alleging that it is that. 
and access, uh, spreading disinformation. This is speculation at this point. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about? That could be an element. So when you look at a disinformation campaign, mm -hmm. so using false identity, so if you saw an effort on the part of a foreign entity, uh, I, speculation. the things I would be looking for are, number one, do you see widespread, and I'm not just talking about right. one or two places, but do you see widespread challenges associated with voter registration? Okay. People show up, give their license, and the vote, it doesn't match. We will watch I that. I would be looking for attempts. Sorry, I've got to interrupt you. I'm so sorry. But And let's go right on to uh, Sunday morning where they talk about uh, climate change. It's like we've landed on a new planet with a new set of climate conditions and we have to figure out what of the civilization that we've brought with us to this point can survive these conditions. David Wallace Wells is the deputy editor of New York Magazine and the author of The Uninhabitable Earth, a book that explores what will happen if we don't cut our carbon emissions soon. Rainstorms are going to be more intense. The oceans are heating up, which means that hurricanes are going to become more intense and, and more frequent as they already are. There are going to be um, extreme droughts um, as well as extreme rainfalls. Agricultural yields could fall by half or more over the course of the century if we don't change course. It affects respiratory illnesses, cancer. It affects cognitive performance, development of children. Climate change isn't real. The federal government has done virtually nothing about climate change in the last few years. <laughs> But in many ways, the country has marched right ahead anyway. About a thousand major corporations have pledged to cut their emissions to Paris Agreement levels too. And why would corporations <laughs> go green? Technology has been marching on too. For example, these babies. Direct air capture machines. Huge fans that extract carbon dioxide back out of the air. From there, the plan is to store it underground, turn it into fuels or building materials, or even sell it to carbonated drink companies. They can take carbon out of the atmosphere at a cost of about $100 a ton. That's much more expensive than it would cost to not put carbon up there in the first place. Those prices will probably fall further. Now you don't want to use these to solve the whole problem because, among other things, it would mean essentially barnacling the whole planet with plantations of carbon capture machines. But I do think that there is a role for carbon capture. So there are a variety of plans that are already in place, but there are also much more ambitious plans that haven't yet gotten greenlit to enclose the entire harbor in a seawall. That would cost hundreds of billions of dollars. Talking about the climate crisis, more countries are doing something about it, even China. <laughs> so if you're hoping to preserve the planet of our grandparents, there's no reason for it. If you're hoping to preserve the climate as we know it today, there's really no reason for hope. We're in the midst of the sixth mass extinction. Things are, are really dire. Holy shit. Better leave the planet. Oh my gosh. Of course, all the climate folks have said since Al Gore that we were already going to be underwater. But as most people point out, the Obamas bought a house right on the beach. I, I, I you know. I don't, believe, I don't believe it's anthropogenic. There's no proof to suggest that it is. I don't believe in pollution. I don't think we should pollute. But I think uh, 
scaring people into believing that the gas they exhale is poisoning the planet, you can see where that leads. So let's go to John Dickerson, who uh, there's a lot of talk about polls, and um, he tries to dissuade people from saying, well, the polls were wrong last time. They certainly can be wrong again. So let's see. Are the polls solid? Can they be trusted? What's the sample size? I've never been called. In jittery times, polling keeps everyone hopped up. Maybe we should ignore them. We'll know soon enough. Over the whole stew of political polling looms the belief that the polls were wrong in the last election. This is the popular view. It is also the wrong view. In 2016, the average of national polls showed that Hillary Clinton was leading by around 3%. The vote came in, she won the popular vote by a hair over 2%. Very close. What was wrong was the way a lot of us thought about the polls and thought about the forecasts being made about who might win the election. Hillary Clinton was given anywhere from a 70 to 99% chance of winning. Many people, even some who follow elections for a living, decided to round that number up to 100%. The polls aren't to blame for that any more than the weather forecaster deserves the blame for your lack of an umbrella. In this way, the political class repeated a familiar mistake of leaning too hard on the numbers. In 1936, they overread a poll taken in Literary Digest, which showed Alf Landon beating Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And they missed by a mile because the poll participants looked more like the Literary Digest audience than the actual electorate. It's the reason pollsters will be the first to warn about the uncertainty of polls. Voters and pundits may need certainty from them, but that's on us. Don't blame the polls. And that's it for us this Sunday. people don't realize about polling is it's fake. I'm trying to give you an impression. Don't believe it. See you next week, folks.